good about them, uh, and God has just used them magnificently uh, while while they are there, and they're going to share uh, tonight. Uh, they are they're gone ten months, which makes them the worst worst life group people <laughs> members ever. They come for a few weeks, and then you look around, and they're gone, and you don't see them for months and months. That is a bad life group member. Uh, but, you know, we, we do pray for them every week. We, we do that. I love you, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that, Ira. Uh, you know, it's really cruel because uh, Ira told me before we came here tonight, he said, everybody needs to wear red shoes. I've got my red shoes. Uh, I want to. I want to real quickly, as, as Ira said, my wife and I live in uh, Moldova. For those of you who don't know, Moldova is the next door neighbor of Ukraine. You may have heard of Ukraine. Uh, anyway, we have some upstairs neighbors in the apartment where we live in Chisinau, which is the capital of Moldova, and they're right over there. You got? Would you please stand up, Jeff, Robin, and Paulina? And they came all the way here to hear me sing. <laughs> and that's love, you know, that's love. But uh, Jeff is a, is a local boy. He comes from this area. And uh, you come from North Carolina, right? North Carolina. And uh, so somehow they got together over the mountains and they're here. They are. So I want you to picture, it's, it's about uh, 1834, and you're in the Deep South, and it's the middle of the Great Revival. And for those of you who, who know your history, your Christian history, the Great Revival was a dynamic time during which many itinerant preachers would wander the countryside with their, with their wives, their deacon, the deacon's wife, and, and whoever else would follow, and they had their little traveling salvation show, and and uh, they would look for places to preach, and they'd set up a tent on the edge of town and try to get people out there to, to listen to them. Well, a small caravan rolled across the land in the dark of a Georgia night and turned into a field on the outskirts of a town that had no lights. A town that had no lights. Well, preach, listen to me, said the deacon. Listen to him, said the deacon's wife. You can't have no revival meeting in a town that's got no lights. And this town's got no lights. What Satan get behind me, said the preacher. I'm going to show you what my God can do. If we can't wake this, shake this town, we'll have the rock singing for we're through. We'll have the rock singing for we're through. And everybody sing, hallelujah. Show them what the Lord can do. Hallelujah. Show him what the Lord can do. He raised me from the dead. He can raise you too. Well, they all fell to and they raised the tent and they put up all the chairs. But when the preacher climbed the podium, you know lightning split the air as if the Son of God was there. Now rocks, listen to me, said the preacher trees you listen to 
echo these sounds to the folks in town to say the spirit's coming after you you know the spirit's coming after you and everybody sing hallelujah show them what the lord can do hallelujah need help show them what the lord can do he raised me from the dead he can raise you takes a lot out of you. But I'm not done. Like fire and ice, that preacher's words went trembling through the town. It broke a few windows like a small earthquake. It even knocked a few buildings down. You know, it knocked a few buildings down. Now, people, listen, said the preacher, crawl out of those graves. Death can only hold you if you let it, cause the stone's been rolled away. The stone's been rolled away, and everybody sing, Hallelujah. Show them what the Lord can do. Hallelujah. Show them what the Lord can do. He raised me from the dead. He can raise you too. Well, one by one, the lights came on, and the first to come outside. Where the dogs and the cats and the kids in their pajamas Seems the rest just wanted to hide Seems the rest just wanted to hide Now people, listen, said the preacher Loose your sinning ways Open them doors, turn on your lights Cause I ain't going away Until every soul is saved And everybody sing Hallelujah Show them what the Lord can do Show him what the Lord can do. He raised me from the dead. He can raise you too. Well, on Friday, Jesus died for you. And on Sunday, he was raised. But he didn't drag his burial clothes along. You know, he left them in the grave. You know, he left them in the grave. Now, for 39 days, he walked and he talked. And everybody saw him there. And on the 40th day, he said, stand back. And he rose up in the air. You know, he rose up in the air. And everybody sang, hallelujah. Show him what the Lord can do. Hallelujah. Show him what the Lord can do. He raised me from the dead. He can raise you too. Well, the thunder crashed and the lightning flashed when the preacher raised his arms. By this time, a huge congregation had assembled from the fields and farms. Well, they'd assembled from the fields and farms. Now, people, listen, said the preacher. Loose your sinning ways. Death can only hold you if you let it because the stone been rolled away. You know, the stone been rolled away and everybody sing, hallelujah, show them Hallelujah, show them what the Lord can do. He raised me from the dead. He can raise you too.
the, the year started off, uh, you know, Barb and I have been in Moldova for seven years, and uh, we sort of have our, our ministry and our, our circle of, of influence, and we work with a lot of different NGOs and a lot of different individuals and our, and our church. But this year, uh, at the end of December, I was thinking about the coming new year, and I wrote this song, and it turned out to be uh, more prophetic than I'd intended. Lord, I lay this year before you with this prayer, and I only ask that you would guide me there. Guide my footsteps, put your words upon my tongue. Father, let me leave no song of praise unsung. Father, you are so beautiful to me. I see your hand in all of the world surrounding me. And I know whatever the year might hold, you As far as I can see, I can't see so far, but Father, you can, and you'll be leading me every moment of the day. For as far as I see you know the way so father lead on father lead on so I lay this year before you like a crown I'm not the ruler of my life I lay it down and I trust you with the answer to this prayer. Whatever you want is what I want, so lead me there. Father, you are so wonderful to me. I see your hand in all of the world surrounding me, and I know. Whatever the year might hold, you'll be holding me, and you won't let go, for as far as I can see, I can see so far, but Father, you can. Father, lead on. 
Years ago, I had a job at an advertising agency in uh, South Carolina, and I, my job was to make duplicates of tapes for radios. This was the old day when they used to have tapes on reels, and you'd have to make tapes to send to all the radio stations for Sears or whoever we were doing the commercials for. And I was in this, this little room, it's, a, it's about an eight by 10 foot room with lots of, uh, and it was soundproof, and I was there just with one other guy for for about three years, and in the course of that three years, he and I, his name was Larry, he and I talked about everything. We talked about sports, talked about politics, we talked about our wives, we talked about our bosses. And uh, one day the subject of religion came up and I didn't feel it was necessary to tell him I was a Christian, but it was my, it was my duty as a Christian to say, well, I'm a Christian. And he looked at me and he said, really? I didn't know that. And I thought, wow, what an idiot. The problem was not with him and his perception, it was with me and my witness. And I, so I decided, I thought, my gosh, I've been in this room with this guy for three years and he didn't even know I was a Christian. So I decided I'd write a song from the perspective of somebody who's not a Christian, looking at those of us who call ourselves Christians basically saying, so what's the difference? The faces of the people are all lined with pain. Where is Jesus now? You hear the same old story time and time again. Where is Jesus now? You say he was good, say he was kind, he raised the dead, and he healed the blind. You say he's alive, he lives in you, the world is in need, what will you do if Jesus lives in you? Where is Jesus now? If Jesus lives in you, where is Jesus now? And everywhere there are children dying every day. Where is Jesus now? Do you think that he has given up and gone away? Where is Jesus now? You say he was good, say he was kind. He raised the dead and he healed the blind. You say he's alive, he lives in you. Well, now I'm in need. What will you do if Jesus lives in you? Where is Jesus now? If Jesus lives in you, where is Jesus now? If Jesus lives in you, where? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this is, uh, she's been stalking me for years. I don't know who she is. This is my wife, Barbara, my lovely wife, Barbara. And she, she often does this and comes up and takes the microphone away from me because I just get carried away. But what we would like to do is uh, the, uh, I guess it was in the fall of last year, I wrote a song. And I had written it for one purpose. And then the war came. And I realized how, how apt that song was for that situation. Specifically, it's a song that's written to the Ukrainian people, and it's about hope. And uh, so there's this young Ukrainian girl in, in our congregation in Moldova. Her name is Karina. And she's from Ukraine, and she's going to school in, in Moldova. I asked her to come over to the apartment where I have a little studio set up, and I said, I want you to sing this song uh, with me. And so she did, and if you would, please. Thank you. 
Yes. You know, we all have dates in our lives that we'll never forget. You know, the big one for here in America is always 9-11. You know, you always remember where you were, what you were doing, who you were with. Um, Some of the, you know, my mom, it was always, you know, Pearl Harbor Day. But in my life now, it's become, you know, February 24th. And I know with Jeff and Robin and everyone else there, you know, that's a defining date in our lives. There's so much to share and like no time to share it. So what I decided to do um, since I knew we would be traveling around is to put together a six minute video. Those of you um, who need to come forward because there's a lot of reading rather than me narrating, um, make sure you can read it. And I'm just gonna have the six minute video play because to me a picture is worth a thousand words. And then after that, I'll just share a little bit about the video and what we do. And then I'm going to turn it back to David for have time for one or two songs and have everyone ready at 8 o'clock to go. Because I know kids will be ready to go home and get to school in the morning. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. The Mimjin Project. I always forget. David's in my nonprofit organization. Um, We never thought we would be raising money like this for Ukraine. Um, so De- Minjin is the name of a character he created when he wrote a series of stories for our children when they were little. And so we needed a name for our nonprofit. So we said, well, let's call it the Minjin Project because this character was very adventurous and always wanting to go one step further than everyone else and wanting to know what was over the next hill. So we thought that was pretty fit. So there we go. Okay, we're ready for the Ukraine video. Please.
Thank you. Um, gosh, Donna, it's just your heart gets so full. One of the things that I want to share with everybody here is the amazing thing is that when this happened, the church in Moldova and Ukraine has just arise. They've risen up and they are being the church like we've never seen them be the church together. Churches that maybe wouldn't talk to each other, didn't have a lot to do with each other. They were all on that video. And it is amazing what God's people can do when we are focused on the kingdom of God and not on the things that divide us. Are we believers of Jesus Christ? Are we saved by his grace and his blood? Are we walking in his spirit and his power? Then when we come together, God can do amazing things. So in the midst of the horror, and folks, it is, it's horrible. Cities are being bombed every single day. Soldiers are dying, children, people are dying. Um, but, there is a revival going on in Ukraine. And when people came through, Jeff and Robin's house was like a rotating Airbnb for the Ukrainians. Um, just, you know, she was there washing sheets and towels and feeding people and we were going up and down because they do literally live in the apartment above us. But it was such an amazing thing to see the church as the bride of Christ and really work, working and reaching out. And one of the things I also want to share, those pictures at the end with all the soldiers and the military, the NATO vests, there's a young man, well, he's, he seems young to me at my age. He's in his probably early 40s. <clears throat> Very successful businessman in Kiev. He owns a glass factory, the kind that would sell glass and windows to a large skyscraper. And when the war broke out, he emptied his warehouses so that so they could be using that for supplies and getting supplies and medical supplies and food to the people who needed it. And the churches were picking it up there and taking it out all across parts of Ukraine. But he knew that the guys at the front didn't even have bulletproof vests and helmets. They're just down there. And imagine your sons, your husbands, your fathers. And so he said, you know what? We can make these. So we got hold of a NATO level four bulletproof vest, did all that he needed to do, figured out how to make it, to get the um, metal that you need to protect the soldiers. And he's got a church in one of the Ukrainian villages making these vests. And what's so cool is that every single vest has a pocket right over the heart, and in that pocket goes a Ukrainian New Testament and a Ukrainian piece of paper about the prayer to how to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And then he and some of the guys go regularly to the front line with these vests, with food, tents, anything that they have, and they, you just saw the pictures. They just stand in the middle of the field. There are no barracks. They just go where the guys are. And he tells them, <clears throat> we want you to be safe. We've made these vests for you, and we're giving them to you. 
But more than your physical safety, I want you to know how you can be eternally safe. And he just preaches the gospel right there on the front line to these soldiers. And I was talking with them a couple of weeks ago. And he said, you know, what is so amazing is that now when we come, the soldiers aren't looking for so much the vests and the food. They're wanting to hear the word of God. And one of the commanding officers said, can you bring me the whole Bible, the Old and the New Testament, next time you come? So I know you guys have been praying for us for a long time because of Ira, and we, we do covet your prayers. You know, David mentioned that just the peace of God that passes all understanding truly is over us. And we're going to be going into Ukraine a lot when we get back to Moldova in September. And so we pray that you would continue to pray for us. Um, we're just going in to encourage the church. David uses his music. Um, we have a chance to spend a lot of time with the young people. All those people and the kids in, the, in those pictures were all internally displaced people. They've lost their homes. Most of them are women and children because the men are back fighting. So it just gives you a sense of how to pray. Praise God, David and I are completely funded. Our churches, our supporting churches are so generous. But as we go around this summer, any donations that are made, we're giving to help support the work and other work that you see in Ukraine. So I'll be here after. <clears throat> I know I'm, yep, we've got 10 minutes, so I want to hand it back over to David. But if any of you have questions, I'll be happy to answer. And we just thank you so much for allowing us to share part of our story here tonight. Thank you. Job. The, uh, I don't know if you could tell from a couple of those pictures of the soldiers. Again, I'm appealing to those of you who are familiar with American history. If you remember learning about Valley Forge and what it was like in Valley Forge for General Washington and his troops. Uh, they were destitute, they were eating their boots, they had, no, they had no warm clothing, they had very few, very little ammunition, and they were sleeping in the cold, and winter is coming to Ukraine, and it comes fast, and it comes brutally, and these soldiers uh, need to be supplied, and so does the citizenry need to be supplied with uh, warm clothes, with blankets, with bedding, with necessary medications, with uh, ladies' products, with all of these things that we take for granted every day. And uh, so sort of put yourself in, in that, in their place, uh, and imagine what it was like, would it be like to have everything blown out from under you practically overnight, and having to flee with whatever you could grab on your way out the door, whether you could grab your dog or a bag full of clothing or whatever it was because the bombs are falling and you don't know where the next one's going to land. Uh, this, this little thing, this is a little commercial, it was a brief commercial. This little thing is a USB drive you can stick into any computer and it's got all my albums on it. I have 10 albums and they're all on here. As well as, I'm also a mystery author, I write, I write mystery books and there are three of those on here as well as a lot of other things uh, that, that are, I think you'll find interesting and uh, hopefully will, will be spiritually rewarding for you. This only cost a million dollars, 
and I just need to sell one, really. If, no, it's it's forty dollars for this, and and all of it goes to uh, directly to our work in Ukraine. And uh, for those of you who enjoy the music, I know you'll enjoy everything that's on here. For those of you who who are thinking about not buying one, uh, Ira has told me all your secrets. <laughs> he leaks like a sieve, I should tell you. He's just really. And uh, if you don't want to see them on Facebook tonight, then I suggest you buy one of those. Oh, yes, yes. And if you'd like to sign up for our newsletter, please see Barbara. Uh, she sends it out, tries to send it out once a month. That's what I said, quarterly. But it's a great it's a great newsletter. She she puts a lot of effort to it. And it's very informative and it keeps you up to to date on what we're doing. And there's a lot of pictures in it for impatient people. Okay. So I want you to picture it's uh, two thousand years ago, and you are uh, wandering the countryside in Judea, and you're you're just a guy who who lives at home with his mom. And you hear rumors about this, this guy who's uh, giving fish away down by the sea. Well, I just came for the fish. Mama thought a day in the countryside would do me good. You see, it's been a little while since I got away from the grind. I could never seem to find the time Until I heard someone say That there was a fella giving fish away down by the sea Name of Jesus So I figured that's a place that I should be Eating fish You know it is my favorite dish and Then I heard him proclaim that I needed help or I was on my way to somewhere hot. Now that's not the kind of thing a fella really wants to hear. Eating fish, not at all the kind of thing he'd wish. But the more that he talked, the more that I realized that that fish wasn't free. No, it came with a hook. You see that fisherman, he been fishing for me. One look in his eyes was all that it took. Oh, Lord, lead me down, down, down. This fish needs the water now. I need to be free of the hooks lines and sinkers I've been dragging round I didn't know till now I've fallen for so many lines for so long thought that I had all the answers but your words left me gutted now I've been filleted and fried and my insides are all outside. But I just came 
for the fish. Mama thought a day in the countryside would do me good, and it did. You see, I met, I met a mighty fisher of men, and I will never be the same. No, I will never be the same again. So uh, Ira said I needed to be done by 8, which just gives me 12 hours. So I'm going to try to fit as much as possible into it. I'm going to close with two songs. The, the first song is, uh, and I beg your indulgence because it is going to run to 704, 705. But um, the first song is, is about forgiveness. And there are a lot of songs about forgiveness, but most of them is about God's forgiveness of us. But when I look out at any group of people, what I see are a lot of chains. A lot of chains. Because we're, we're holding on to offenses of the past or we're borrowing offenses from the future. We're chained by the inability to forgive. And it's an interesting thing, a couple of places in scripture that says, God does not hear your prayers if you do not forgive those who, for, who offended you, who hurt you. It doesn't matter what, how they hurt you, when they hurt you, why they hurt you, or how bad the offense, how bad the hurt. If you don't forgive them, God can't hear your prayers because you're setting up a barrier between yourself and God. That's a challenging thing. Who of us have never been hurt so badly that we don't retain unforgiveness? Because we, we sort of feel as though we're getting back at whoever offended us or hurt us if we retain those chains. But God looks at us and he said, you're wrapped in chains. You're not wrapping anybody else in chains. You're wrapping yourself in chains. I'm sorry, can't hear you. Can't hear you. I can't hear through chains. All I hear is clanking. That's a hard thing because many people have, I had a woman who came up with me at a concert in Greenville, South Carolina in 1991. And I gave this message and she came up to me and afterwards she said, I understand what you're saying and I appreciate it, but it doesn't apply in my situation. I said, why is that? She said, and then she went on to chronicle for about 10 minutes about the most horrendous life of abuse I'd, I'd ever imagined. And she, as she concluded it, she said, so you see why I can't forgive all that. And I, I looked at her and I said, I see why you need to forgive all that. Because you're dragging chains from the past into every new day. Into every new day. And she said, I, I can't forgive. I can't generate the forgiveness. <laughs> I can't do it. And this is a lesson I learned long ago. You, you don't have to forgive somebody all at once. You don't have to forgive that person, those people, that group, that entity, whatever it was who hurt you most of all. This is not saying you have to live with the abuse. You have to live with it. You have to continue and put yourself in that place every day. That's not what I'm saying. You remove yourself from a harmful situation. But you don't take the in inability to forgive with you because it'll kill you. So what you do is you begin by saying, I forgive you. 
picture who it is, whoever it is, whatever it is. Picture that and say, Arshagirzo. But it's like a spiritual muscle. The spiritual muscle is like a physical muscle. It's something you need to exercise every day. I can go to the gym today, work out like crazy, but if I take the next 364 days off, that one day won't do me any good. So it's a muscle that, that you exercise, that spiritual muscle every day. And what you're doing, you say, Lord, I cannot forgive this, but you have forgiven me everything. So I will take your forgiveness, which overflows every day, is brand new, every day. I take that forgiveness and I give it. I give it. And in time, you find you're not speaking through clenched teeth. You're realizing how much you've been forgiven. And you're able to take God's forgiveness. And you're just a piece of plumbing through which that forgiveness flows. Let forgiveness flow like a river from God through you. Oh, let A heart that can't forgive will never ever heal. No, no, because when the root of bitterness takes hold, it spreads throughout your soul. Yeah, the last song. Sorry.
The last song I'd like to sing is, is one, uh, I did not write this one. I wrote half of this song because I just didn't feel it was long enough, so I wrote more. But this started as a chorus in the song. Uh, Barb and I lived in Greenville, South Carolina for years, and that's where we were. Back during the Jesus movement, we belonged to a church of young, like-minded people. Uh, and this is one of the choruses that we sang quite often. And it wasn't until years later I found out it was written by a, a man named uh, Mike Weed, and he was from Boston. Never met Mike, but I've been singing this song, which uh, he doesn't know, but we co-wrote. But I think it's a very important song. It's a very simple song. But it's a perfect way to close uh, an evening like this. I appreciate your patience, and thank you so much for your participation. Uh, and invite you to come up to us with any questions you have afterwards, and also um, remember Facebook, Facebook, remember. These will be available up here, uh, and uh, we'll make sure you're kept in the clear. I will follow you wherever you may go, and I'll only follow where you you may go for thy way is light and all truth is in thy word though the winds blow the storms come the tempests do rage I will follow you to thee my life is due I'll only follow you follow you, my Lord, every time you turn around, you will find me there, wherever the road may lead, even unto Calvary, God give me the strength. follow you, my Lord, every time you turn around, you will find me there.
David and Barbara, thank you for being here. We really appreciate you sharing your ministry, your talents, and just spending your time with us. Uh, I'd love to, to close just to, to pray for their ministry and pray for the people of Ukraine. Father, we come to you tonight and we, uh, we're blessed. We thank you for uh, the experience of getting to know David and Barbara. We thank you for the Minjin Project and all the good works it's already done. And Father, I pray for your blessing and your favor over this ministry moving forward. I pray for the people of Ukraine and Moldova right now. I pray for peace in the midst, just this, this crazy transcendent peace that only you can provide. And Father, we come to you and we, we pray for an end to this war. We're not shy about it. We pray that you will end this war. And Father, I pray that you will you will just create a, a revolution in the people of Ukraine during this time, that they will lean on you, that they will see you for the good news that you truly, truly are. And Father, we love you. We love you a whole lot. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, a couple quick announcements. Um, we would love to provide a love offering uh, to the Minjin Project tonight. So anything that you donate tonight on the back walls, 100% of it will go to the Minjin Project. So consider that. Also, um, maybe grab them at the, well, don't grab them. Uh, Maybe tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, what can we do? Um, Aside from prayer, aside from donations, what can we do to support the Minjin Project? Also, don't forget Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We start a new series, a three-week series. It's going to be great. We'll see you all then. Take care.